Ladies and gentlemen, please stand for the reading of God's Holy Word. Please turn in your Bibles, whether your paper Bible saved or digital Bible saved, is all the Word of God. To 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. And the message last week was so good and powerful. I will get back to Luke a little bit later. But uh, for some reason God has impressed upon my heart the rapture. Not that because, pardon me, not because we have not preached on it many times. uh, But... uh, For some reason, he has uh, put the rapture of the church on my heart. Furthermore, then we beseech you, brethren, and exhort you by the Lord Jesus, that as ye have received of us how ye ought to walk, by the way, it's not the Christian life is not just about talk. It's about the walk. Jesus Christ said that if you love me, keep my commandments. Jesus Christ, the King of kings and Lord of lords and our Savior, who has served all of us well. That's what great kings do. They serve the people well. And he served us by literally suffering, bleeding, and dying on the cross for our sins. He was buried and rose on the third day by the power of God. And he expects us to love him back. We ought to walk right because we love him back. And may I share what might be a controversial, particularly in this day and time, uh, among evangelicals and Protestant uh, and Catholic people. Jesus Christ, and God just dropped this in my spirit today. I've never heard it before. In the history of the world. And I can say the same about God Almighty, and I say it advisedly and with fear and trembling and humility. That God, the Father, and Jesus Christ are loving beyond our feeble imaginations. They're forgiving. And they uh, show grace to such wretched, wicked, undone, ungodly people as we are. They are merciful. 
But you need to understand that if you cross God, you do not receive his free gift of mercy and grace and salvation that he's given to you through his son, Jesus Christ. And if you claim to be a Christian and you are a hypocrite, shaming the name of Christ and his work, and you therefore do not show love back to him by obeying him, and I want you to get this, and I've never heard this said by anybody, and I say it very, very cautiously, God is not nice. Jesus Christ is not nice. They're loving, they're gracious, they're merciful, and I, I fear that thousands of people have the wrong image of God and Jesus Christ, that he's nice. And that's not the case. I, I, I've never read where God was nice or Jesus Christ was nice. Meaning in our thinking that, oh, he's too nice to chastise us or to rebuke us or to cast us into hell. Let me say this again. If you go to hell, it's going to be nobody's fault but yours. Sometimes our cars break down not because of the manufacturer, not because of the garage man, uh, not because the warranty has run out. It breaks down because we neglected it. How about that? We didn't change the oil. We didn't get something fixed that the garage man told you to come back and get fixed. Okay, so uh, if you go to hell, that's going to be your fault and you're going to have to own that. But I do want you to understand that God wants you to love him back. Jesus wants you to love him back. And they want you to fear them reverence them, respect them, so that you will not do things, stupid things, that will offend them. Now, God is more serious about this than I am, and so is Jesus Christ, but I'm serious about this. Because we have too many people who claim to be Christians who think that God is nice and that he's going to let you get by with stuff. God does not do that. God does not do that. Jesus Christ does not do that. So get that out of your mind. Allow me to disabuse you of those thoughts. <clears throat> and to please God, let me read this verse again. Furthermore, furthermore, rather, then we beseech you, brethren, and exhort you by the Lord Jesus, by the Lord Jesus, that as ye have received of us how ye ought to walk, how ye, ye ought to walk, how you ought to walk. God is concerned about that. Jesus Christ is the one moving Paul to say this. And to please God, so ye 
would abound more and more. I told my children today uh, in an email, all of my children, if you want uh, constant peace and constant joy in your life, you must pray without ceasing and obey God. And I say the same thing to you all. After God chastised me a long time before, a long time ago before I met my wife, he had saved me. But I thought that I could pretty much do what I want to do in his economy. And he disabused me of that thought by chastising me. And I guarantee you that every preacher who's being used by God, they may not tell you like I'm telling you, but they've been chastised by God. If they're faithful, obedient, faithful to God in their marriage vows, and faithful to their ministry vows, and, and they're compelled to preach, woe is me if I preach not the gospel, uh, but we do it lovingly back unto the Lord who died for us lovingly. And they're faithful and they're consistent. I assure you, God put a whipping on them. And they know better. See? And, uh, and, and if you didn't get the lesson that Dr. T.D. Jakes got, and whatever you think of him, that's your business. Uh, but I uh, know men who have been chastised by God. We may disagree on certain points. But uh, he's the one who preached that famous message titled, I bet you I won't do that again. He preached that from his own life experience, not just theoretically. And you better get a hold of that title. If you can't get the... Uh, a hold of Hebrews on the entire chapter on chastisement. Uh, get a hold of that title and learn uh, that uh, because of God's chastisement on you, His taking away His hand off of you, His taking away blessings from you and favor from you. You don't want that. You don't want that. If you can't get anything, get that title in your head. I bet you I won't do that again. Whatever it, whatever it was, whatever it was, a sexual sin, a lustful sin, allowing the sin that so easily besets you, get the best of you, a weight that so easily a weight that, be that weighs you down, getting the best of you, whatever it is. God will deal with you as his children. Otherwise, you're a bastard. I didn't call you a bastard. That's what God called you. If you're not saved and you're not being chastised about your sins, it doesn't, your sins don't bother you. You're not born again, man. I'm telling you to your face, you're not born again, woman. You're not saved. If you can do sin and it does not bother you. All saved people, when they sin, they got to find the place to go pray. And sometimes uh, they will pray right there on the corner of the bed after having sex with somebody they should not have to have should not have sex with. Their dirty partner may not hear them, but they praying to God. Oh God, have mercy! They praying just like David. 
God have mercy. Why? Why? Because it's painful to chastise. Uh, painful to sin against God. The chastisement begins immediately. By the way, see some of you don't know that. Now, the the uh, ratcheting down on you if you're not getting the message. You're not taking uh, uh, advantage of the space to repent, huh? And God is doubling down on you. That, that, that comes later. But the chastisement from God comes immediately when you offend the Holy Spirit of God on the inside of you. Can somebody who saves say, "Man, you guilty? You feel guilty? You feel dirty? You feel like you have lost God? Why? Because the fellowship is lost." God's still there. You're still saved. But the fellowship is broken. And if you don't get it right with God in the hurry, and you know it, God bless your heart. If you don't hurry and get out of that house and the whole house and the lesbian house and the homosexual house and run to your car and start praying while you're pulling out before Bo Peep or Sylvia come back out to get you for some more. Confessing your sins and 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 what happened to you? Some strange things were happened to you on your way back home. A storm may come, and you will hear some lightning, and you you will see some lightning and some hear some thunder that will scare the daylights out of you, and you be you be thinking that God is trying to kill you. <laughs> Yes, sir. Don't tell me. I know. <laughs> yes, sir. I was in the Air Force. Stationed at Keesley Air Force Base. And I had gotten enough independence and enough money. And, uh... Uh, to move off base into a nice little suburb of Biloxi, Mississippi. And I loved it there. But I had looked at something I had no business looking at. Back in those days, there was no internet. So there was, it was not internet pornography. Uh... But uh, it was something I should not have looked at in a magazine. And as I was driving home, suddenly, <laughs> suddenly a star rolled up on me, brother, like I've never seen before in my life. And thunder, as I was getting out of the car, it was pouring down rain, as I was getting out of the car, and going up on the porch into the house, I heard thunder like I've never heard it before in my life or since. And I thought God was trying to kill me that day. I thought, <laughs> I'm serious, man. I was. I mean, it, it shook me up. And those of you who are saved, you know what I'm talking about. It's a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. You can't live like you want to and be saved now. To all of you people coming out of the prosperity gospel, evangelical chaos, and foolishness, 
They didn't tell you this, but you know it now. I can assure you. For you know what commandments we gave you by the Lord Jesus. There's the name of the Lord Jesus again. Paul wanted to emphasize that the Lord Jesus Christ is the commander. For this is the will of God, even your sanctification, that ye should abstain from fornication. Uh, See, this was a big sin back then, and it's a big sin in the church now today. I would venture to say that, uh, yes, Christians commit many other sins, but I would venture to say that the biggest sin of today uh, for people in the church are sexual sins. From masturbation, looking at pornography, uh, fornication outright, swinging, Going both ways, homosexual sins, lesbian sins, and and so forth. Why? Because people don't want to do it God's way. They want to do it their way. And uh, some married people who have... uh, started playing the game of uh, not speaking to one another. Because see, if you're not speaking to one another, you're, you're probably not having sex together. And if you're probably not having sex together, and I know you don't like for me to say it, you're going to get horny. And so anything you see, anybody you see, this is a natural uh, response. We have some weak, effeminate men and some perverted uh, masculine women who are trying to do away with these feelings and these emotions, but sex is important. In fact, I will say to you, my dear friends, for you preachers out there who think you're so holy, you're holier than Moses. But Moses went and got him a black wife, so I don't know what you're talking about. So did David. But anyhow, anyway, that, that's that's why did they get a why did they get a fine wife? Because sex is important, man. Contrary to you, sweet lying charismatics, and you sweet lying evangelicals, and you especially sweet Protestant mainline folk. Come on, I'm not I'm not playing with you. Sex is vitally important. That touching and feeling and getting together for married people especially. And if you're single, it is important for you to get married so that you can have sex legally. That is without sin and guilt. For the marriage bed is undefiled. Your bed is defiled with all kinds of whores and whoremongers and homosexuals and lesbians. Let me just tell you preachers something. You can't even preach right. You're not going to be able to preach right if you're not getting regular sex with your wife. Not from some young 
hot thing you think in the church or somebody else's wife. Whatever you need, you need to get it from your wife. I mean, King Solomon told us that. He, he would know. Uh, the wife of your youth. Man. Uh, one pastor told me, and I wish he never told me, his wife left him, and he told me he was going to use his hand. I said, Please, that's too much information. No, God wants you to uh, uh, have sex with your wife. Because it's not just the result of the sex that you're getting. It's, it's the, the, the availability of it. The uh, touching, the connection, and all of that. God does some, does some things with all of that. And you, you're not going to be able to preach, right? You're not going to be able to focus on the ministry. You preachers know what I'm talking about. All you men know what I'm talking about, if you're a man. Uh, I mean, Dr. Ed Young Jr. called some of you pastors soft ice cream men. He's soft. Giving off soft sermons, soft ice cream to the people when they need steak and potatoes and some green beans. Now, is Dr. Ed Young Jr. going to call you that? Better. That come from God for sure. You understand me? And so, it, 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 there's nothing wrong with sex. There's something wrong with fornication. And there's something wrong with adultery. And and, and, and and God said, whoremongers and whores, God will judge. How many times does it take a man to murder somebody to be called a murderer from the re for the rest of his life? One time. How many times does it take for a man to whoremonger around? To be called a whoremonger? How many times does it take for a woman to whore around to be a whore? And a man to be a whoremonger? One time. That's it. You're a whoremonger. You're a whore. No, I just made a mistake. No, you're a whore. You're a whoremonger. That's all. I mean, you, you did it once. You, you would do it again. How many times did it take for us to sin with, with a great, 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 great grandparent? Parents, rather. Adam and Eve. We're all, not only were they sinners from, from then on, we're sinners too. And we have to call ourselves sinners. God calls us sinners. In fact, God said all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And so tonight, ladies and gentlemen, speaking of that, I'm going to pause it right there. Oh, by the grace of God, we'll be here for a while. Uh, we are going, we, uh, I'm, going, I'm going to preach from the entire chapter. So don't you worry about a thing. Here a little, there a little. I'm not in a rush. I'm not trying to sell tapes. And that doesn't mean anything to me. I, I'm going to deal with it. But I just mentioned to you that God calls us all sinners. 
What are you going to do about that? We are all sinners. For we all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. What, what are you going to do about that shortfall? There is a huge gap between us sinners and God's perfect holiness. What are you going to do about it? Well, you may not know, but God already has done something about it. And Jesus Christ carried it out. For Jesus Christ, the Son of God, said the most important words in the history of the world when he said, For God so loved the world, God reached out to us. And and by the way, let me just say this to you parents. You're not a good parent if you don't, if you're so petty, you don't reach out to your children who may be mad at you about something, don't want to speak to you, it's fine. You love them. Like God loved you, and God loved us. Well, it seemed like to me they ought to be the ones to call and, and text and so forth, and they never call, they never come by, they never text and so forth and so on. You know? No. You don't need to go by, but you call and you text. God called us. If you will, God has texted us. God built the bridge to us. For Jesus Christ said, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. How many of you people have seen that image? There's a great chasm, like the Grand Canyon. And then somebody laid a cross above it to God for us to get on and to believe in Jesus Christ and get saved and go across that chasm. God did that for us. And so because we are all sinners, the Bible says the wages of sin, the payment for sin at the end of our lives is death. Whether you know it or not, you're going at breakneck speed towards death, my dear friend. And it is, let me help you, let me help you. I'm just going to be quite frank with you. It is the height of foolishness not to prepare for something you know is going to happen. Oh, you say, well, preacher, I'm, I'm responsible. I have the 999 plan insurance, life insurance, funeral insurance. I'm responsible, preacher. I have a million dollars life insurance policy. I have health insurance, and I'm the, I'm the picture of health. I have car insurance. I have house insurance. I have flood insurance. But do you have eternal life insurance, my dear friend? Huh? I mean, that's the most important one. Everything else is temporal. Do you have eternal life insurance? Do you have that policy squared away? Because that big gap, underneath that big gap, that chasm is hell. If you don't believe in the Lord Jesus Christ in this life, 
and believe in your heart that he suffered, he bled, and he died for your sins, was buried and rose on the third day, my dear friend, you will die and go to hell. That's a fact. Okay? I don't say things are a fact unless they are a fact. This is a fact. It's not just faith to me. It is a fact because Jesus said it. My dear friend, when God says something, when Jesus says something, uh, that is a fact. Jesus Christ preached more on hell than all of the prophets in the Bible and more than all of the apostles in the Bible. And sad to say, he has preached more on hell than the modern day preachers of the day. Dr. Ed Jr., Ed uh, Young Jr., I told you, he said, we got a bunch of soft preachers in the pulpit preaching soft serve ice cream. No steak, no potatoes, no greens, no vegetables. That's what you need. You can't live off of soft serve ice cream. And for him to say that, as fun-loving as he is, that's serious, man. I'm telling you. Believe me. That, that, that is coming straight from God through this preacher. Okay? And it's sad. Most preachers have never preached on hell. They've never preached the entire sermon on hell. Yet Jesus Christ preached more on hell than he did about heaven. And so, my dear friend, the gospel is a fact. John 3.16, which I quoted to you, is a fact. For God so loved the world. Red, yellow, black, and white, we're all precious in His sight. Are you in the world? They say there are 8 billion people in the world. You know why I preach the gospel every day by the grace of God? Because I'm trying to reach some of that 8 billion. All of them, if they, they will listen. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in him that's all you have to do, is believe in Jesus Christ. Whosoever believeth in him should not perish. If you believe in Jesus Christ, you will not go to hell to spend eternity. And see, in Jesus, in, in saying these words, he, he, how should I say this? He assumed that you understand that if you don't, trust in him and believe in him as the son of God, there's no other place for you to go but hell. I mean, I mean, he, he said this matter of factly. He really didn't put any real emphasis on it because it's automatic in his mind that sin has got to be paid for. And I have paid for it. I, I'm, I'm paying for it for you. And all you have to do is believe in me. 
Otherwise, you will perish in hell forever. If you believe in me, you will have everlasting life. So, dear friend, wherever you are in the world, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. And thou, you, shall be saved. Follow me in prayer, as the Bible says very clearly in Romans 10, 13, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. If you believe in your heart in the Lord Jesus Christ, you will call on his name and ask him to save you. And that's what we're going to do right now. Please follow me in prayer if you want to get saved from hell tonight and have a new life a new life in Christ. Repeat after me phrase by phrase and mean it from your heart. Holy Father God, I admit that I am a sinner and that I have done evil in your sight. For I have broken your Ten Commandments. I have sinned against you repeatedly. And I know that I deserve to go to hell. For Jesus Christ's sake, please have mercy and grace upon my soul. And please forgive me of all of my sins, my failures and my faults. As I now believe in your Holy Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, that he suffered, he bled, and he died on the cross for my sins, was buried and rose on the third day by your power. Lord Jesus Christ, please come into my heart tonight and into my spirit and save my soul tonight. Fill me with your Holy Spirit and help me to repent of my sins. Help me to turn from my evil, sinful, ungodly life and to follow you in the newness of life, Lord Jesus Christ. For it is in your name I pray, amen. Now, dear friend of mine, if you believed in your heart in the Lord Jesus Christ, that he suffered, he bled, and he died on the cross for your sins, was buried, and rose from the dead by the power of Almighty God, and you prayed that prayer with me, and you meant it from your heart, then according to the word of God, according to the Bible, according to Jesus Christ himself, you are now saved. For God cannot lie, and Jesus Christ cannot lie. And so may I say to you, congratulations for doing the most important thing in life, and that is believing in the Lord Jesus Christ who suffered, bled, and died on the cross for your sins, was buried, and rose on the third day by the power of Almighty God.
Now, dear friend, to help you grow in the faith, please go to gospellightsociety.com and download my book free of charge titled, What to Do After You Enter Through the Door. This little book will give you the next steps to help you grow in the faith and be the Christian disciple that God wants you to be. Also, email us and let us know that you got saved. Use the email that's on your platform. If you don't see an email, please email me directly at dw3 at gospellightsociety.com. Also, go to Gospel Light Society Podcasts or Daniel White III Podcasts in Google or on Google, and you will have thousands of podcasts that you will listen to on a variety of subjects on a Bible college level, a university level, and a seminary level accredited uh, level. Because I gave you even more than what my professors gave me. And uh, you will be thoroughly furnished to all good works for the Lord.